who turns masses into addicts like opium. The fish bone gray bearer taking all hope from him. Trying to rise higher than deep fryers and sodium. I'm tired like weak thighs standing at his podium. I'm winning on the road, took dice and I loaded them. Now the self-loathing loner is overthrowing them. About to run them over like I poured soda to the brim. Got a high motor, I know I'm the crim, they look crim. Went on the women, now women won't hit me yankers. When I be writing these rhymes, they be filling it all within like it's pain in an organ. I'm growing like pain in an orphan, like the rangers got power when I'm morphing. I leave them all morning, from night to the morning. I be up like an awning, while they throwing shade, I be yawning. So keep talking, you're never gonna stop me. Like I got pants, bitch, she's too damn cocky. Of course, they try to block me, but it be like they 5'3. They physically incapable to tame a kid with my leap. They try and sleep, <laughs> I'm making noises. The beast of the east and the voice of the voiceless. Learn to keep poise around all of the poison, and now I'm making an imprint like embroidering. They wanna build and really be destroying. I can't feel them, so I've been avoiding. My plan sealed in, they ain't never spoiling. I've been cooking up hot like the pot boiling. Good afternoon, ladies and germs. Coming at you on a nice, uh, cool, relaxing night. Thought I would give you guys a, a ninth episode to listen to to start your weekend with. This is Chill Time is Will Time, and I am your host, once again, William Moore. And I'd like to thank you guys for joining me. Um, it is going to be... I have a feeling this episode might anger a few people, might anger some folks. But I think if you... Fully listen to the content of what I'm about to talk about today, um, you'll get my point, and there should be uh, very few issues with it. Um, so we'll see. Anyways, um, so uh, with further, you know, no further ado, let's get started. Um, so as always, well, not as always, but as uh, the last few episodes, uh, we've started off with a venting session that I sarcastically call graduate decisions where we talk about uh, the dumb choices that um, some of us make, somebody that I've either seen in the news, seen in the media, uh, sometimes stupid decisions that I make. Um, and we're going to start with that today uh, again. So um, in this week's uh, version of Graduate Decisions, we're going to talk about the video, uh, This is America, by Donald Glover. Um, and the people that I think are making the graduate decisions are making the dumb decisions. It's actually not Mr. Glover himself. It's not Childish Gambino. It's actually us. It's the public. And what I mean by that is, once again, we have another brilliant artist uh, producing um, another brilliant track, um, awesome video, amazing video, with a superb message. Um, I've seen there's been plenty of things kind of put out there, uh, sound bites and um, descriptions and analysis of the video, um, and I think many of them are right on par. Um, the part that, well, I'll go ahead and you know, give a little bit of analysis of uh, what I thought about the video. So there, there's an amazing allusion to Jim Crow era antics um, in the video that uh, he begins with, many of which I believe are repeated today. Um, and to be honest, I think as his video was a, 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 a stark indictment on our society as a whole. Um, 
some of us may recognize the symbolism um, in the video, but I think, you know, as, as he was highlighting in the video, many of us remain distracted or numb to to the issues that are going on in our world and in, in our society today. Uh, by the modern day minstrel show, that is the entertainment in- industry that has really turned a lot of black and brown people into just jokes, just puppets. Um, and I think that video does a great job of illustrating that. Because as you see, among you know, all through the video, you know, through his uh, lyrics and through his dancing that captures your attention, I wonder how many people actually paid attention to all the chaos and uh, that, that was going on in the background. Yeah, you may have paid attention to um, some of the main antics that he himself was doing, such as you know the shooting and stuff like that. But there's a lot of chaos going on in the background, and I think that that is a great um, analogy to how we are today, um, how our, you know, our society is. We are, I think, publicly, we have a lot of intellectual ADD. Um, What I mean by that is we routinely, routinely see and are faced with um, a lot of issues, social justice issues, things that make you want to question the overall morality of maybe yourself, of society in general, um, of coworkers, of your job, anything. Um, and we continuously kind of, instead of focusing on fixing that, or we, we may complain about it for, you know, minutes or seconds at a time, but we don't do enough to actually fix the issue itself. What we tend to do is let ourselves get distracted, um, let ourselves get distracted by something that, that, that is meaningless. Um, I've said plenty of times, uh, you know, I've used the uh, Colin Kaepernick's protests as an example plenty of times. What is what is the greater theme? What is the story behind what he is trying to protest? The story or the greater theme, you know, the, the thing that he is trying to draw attention to is police brutality. And all across America, there are plenty of black and brown folks who agree that the way police handle us and deal with us in our communities is nowhere near as respectable as it is to when, when, when they are doing police work in white communities. But to support Mr. Kaepernick, did many of us boycott the NFL? What did, what did we do to help support his cause? How many people were willing to boycott watching NFL football, buying NFL products? I did it, but I know plenty of people who didn't. And that's and that's what I mean. Like we we get outraged easily, and we always got something to say, and we want to complain about something. But there are very few there 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 are very few times where we band together as a whole, um, as a collective group or community, and actually put effort in our word behind, or put effort behind behind our words and our complaints. We could have easily listen. The money, the money that is spent by black and brown people in America. If we all decided for a week straight to not spend any dollars, we could we could virtually cripple the U.S. economy. Think if we all collectively collectively decided, you know what, we're going to boycott the NFL. 
because of what they're doing to Colin Kaepernick. We're not going to buy any NFL merch, officially licensed NFL merchandise. I watch a football game, and they just had to rely on um, ratings and funding, funding and ticket sales from communities outside the black and brown community. I guarantee you, Colin Kaepernick will have be signed in a week. And that goes for that goes for just just about any and everything else, but we refuse we 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 refuse to really band together and do that. We, it's almost like we're conditioned and we enjoy the menstrual show itself. Either we neglect to see that you know that uh, society continuously puts um, distractions out in front of us. To to derail us from our fight for um, equity and justice, or 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 we recognize it and we just we we we're, we're unable to persevere. We get tired of fighting, and instead of dealing with the pain, we choose to numb the pain. And people do that many different ways. Some of them do it just by you know trying to ignore the fact that it's there. Some of them. Some people uh, self-medicate. There are also, there are also uh, you know, different types of distractions that are at our disposal out there. Um, and I, I, I personally think that we allow mainstream media and people with dubious de- decisions or, or dubious intentions to, to, to co-opt the messages that are clearly laid out, you know, before us. Um, and that's how, like I, like I said before, that's how it's always been. That has been the same strategy um, that they have used for decades that has always drowned out uh, um, the, 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 the messages that we want to get out. I think, even though I didn't go into depth of analysis of the video, there are plenty out there. I think, you know, what I've kind of outlined here um in a very um high level form or whatnot kind of tells you what I think about how we um in general will will receive we receive uh the message or the messaging that was in that was in the video um cuz cuz the fact of the matter is the truth of the matter is that uh Child- childish gambino or donna glover is not the first amazing artist or performer to deliver a profound message. He's not the, the, the first profound messenger that we've had throughout history. Um, we've just failed to act upon the messages um, that they have left for us. Or we have failed to persevere. We've acted upon these messages or these instructions that they left for us, but we have failed to persevere over time. And we've let these messages be blown away in the wind and we forget to talk. Ab- we forget to talk about the the message, um, and we we seem to focus more on just the artistic vehicle to which it was delivered. Um, and then we complain and we wonder why things still haven't changed, uh, and and also remain dumb to the fact that we didn't act upon the the the, the message. And see it through to completion, and that's why things that have not changed. So, in the end, I guess in short, you know, clearly I'm doing a lot of rambling or whatnot. But in the end, in short, what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is, 
It was an amazing video, had a great message. And the video may or may not win video of the year. Um, and, and that's, I guess what I'm saying is that's sad um, that it's going to be lost because you know what? Even though that it was an amazing video, um, the vehicle into which he delivered the message um, was, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm saying, the, the video itself was amazing. What is still probably going to be the main thing that people talk about during this time period, during these next few weeks, is, you know, not not the, the social justice issues that he was talking about in the video. People are still going to talk about and remember Stormy Daniels, who's done nothing of his significance and delivered no message artistically, artistically um, and hasn't delivered any message that's aimed at enlightening people or trying to uh, wake them or motivate them to their own freedom. But that's what people will remember. And people will still continue to love the minstrel show that is artists like Future talking about Xanax and Molly or some reality housewife that isn't actually married. So that 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 was my vent session for today. It's, it's us. It's once again, we've had a wake-up call. We've had another great artist put out a superb message, a great message aimed at enlightening us, freeing our minds, and having us, get, you know, basically putting a ball in our court to, to and, and spell out to us exactly what's happening to us as a country, as a nation, as a people, how we are numbing ourselves to it or ignoring it. And our main, even though we complain about how we're treated, our main focus is still going to be something that doesn't matter. Still going to be something that doesn't matter to when it comes to whether or not we're going to be treated fairly um, and whether or not we, we can get to that next level of freedom that we uh, talk about so often and seek. So uh, that that was uh, huh, that was my topic, my somber, um, my somber dig at society right there, and this week's version version of uh, graduate decisions. So next thing I'm going to move on to, um, I'm going to is 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 actually kind of a controversial subject, um, and it's uh, sexual assault allegations. Um, and the reason I call it controversial is because obviously it is a big topic nowadays, especially with the Me Too movement going on. And and um, I think it's time, and I think uh, regardless of the fact that I am critical of the Me Too movement only, only because it gained traction because white women came out and complained about sexual harassment and all the black women who were complaining about sexual harassment and sexual abuse were ignored um, for years. Um, I do think that the movement itself is valid and that it, 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 it's time that sexual assault, sexual harassment is addressed because far too often and far too many times women have had to suffer in silence and deal with and deal with working in predatory environments. That isn't healthy. As somebody who ha who has a brother, um, a son, you know what I mean. Like I would never want my mother, my grandmother, my sisters, cousins, anybody, you know, any female friends, any of them, 
to ever have to work in an environment where they are physically, mentally, and emotionally abused, treated like an object, and feel like they can't come forward because nobody's going to listen to them, nobody's going to believe them, or um, too afraid to come forward because of some sort of retaliation. But, But one of the big things that issues that I'm going to talk about that may raise a couple eyebrows is I've heard a lot of people make remarks or have complaints that when a woman makes a complaint or files an allegation that we should just believe it. Believe it. Go with it. Um, you know, and that the man's name is, you know, often plastered all over the media, all over the news. They often lose jobs. Um, and for those who are guilty, I say kudos, yes. Um it, you, you should be punished for it. But but the thing that I feel like a lot of people um, are actually losing track of or not thinking about during this uh, crucial time um, is why that while there's a lot of people out there that say um, when a woman makes a complaint or an allegation against a man that we need to believe her and that the man should be instantly punished— a lot of people are rushing off the judgment without actually investigating the situation. Um, and I know there's plenty of people right now that, after I just said that, have instantly turned their ears off, become agitated, irritated. Um, and I've seen situations where I've heard that being said before, and then uh, some women say, see, that's exactly why some women don't come forward, because that right there, because you're casting doubt or you're victim blaming. No, that's not what I'm doing at all. And I'm going to give you the exact reason why I, th- I said the reason I said, uh, uh, the reason I said what I just said. Just recently this week, I um, read a story, an article about two black men who were just uh recently released um, from prison after uh, serving 26 years for a rape that they did not commit. Something like this is very important to take note of in light of the Me Too movement. Um, At no point in time should anyone who has, once again, at no point in time should anyone who has been a victim of sexual assault be made to feel like she shouldn't come forward or that she should be ashamed. Again, allegations should be taken seriously, and they should be properly and thoroughly investigated. With that being said, history has not been kind to black men especially. Not saying that there aren't, um, you know, white men or anybody else who, who has been the victim of false allegations. But in particular, history has not been kind to black men, especially when it comes to sexual assault allegations and even more so when those allegations come from a white woman. And I can bring up several more examples. You have cases such as Reuben Foster, um, who's a rookie uh, linebacker for the San Francisco 49ers. Now, Reuben Foster's got issues on his own. He is not an innocent guy, but the guy has been in trouble, for, to be arrested three or four times already, drug possession, all sorts of things. So, by, by you know, I'm not by any means saying that this guy is somebody somebody who is like, you know, an angel or of upstanding character, so on and so forth. But one thing that he had to deal with is his name had to be plastered all over the news. And he was being questioned and I think be detained because an ex-girlfriend of his 
made sexual assault allegations, of phys- no, physical abuse allegations um, against him. Later it was found out that she admittedly and said that she made those allegations just because she was angry with him and wanted to ruin his career. You have the story of Brian Banks, uh, an ex uh, you know, a high school superstar football player who was being recruited, I think, by USC and was put in prison for uh, charges of rape. Later found out that he also did not commit that crime. You have the Central Park Five, a more publicized story that everybody knows about. Um, Five young black men accused of rape, uh, a brutal rape of a lady in uh, Central Park, did time, were eventually released. You have uh, now Lions coach, Detroit Lions coach, Matt Patricia, who um, his name is kind of being drug out there now for a supposed sexual assault that happened between him and a lady over two decades ago, but charges were dropped because an investigation was done. And I guess clearly they found that there was not enough evidence. And let us not forget Mr. Emmett Till. Emmett Till was murdered because of an allegation by a woman. He was murdered, a teenage boy. These are reasons why I say that we can't just run off in this like set, this state of hysteria and just because an allegation is made um drag, you know, just you know, drag men through the mud and look to punish them and you know, lose their jobs and and, and so on and so forth and stuff like this cuz this is the bottom line for those of you who disagree with what I'm saying and um have a problem with it? Are any of you willing to donate money, uh, provide jobs, and help rebuild the lives of those two uh, two men who were released from prison after 26 years, who were falsely accused for rape? Anybody willing to help Brian Banks out? Any of you, were you there to help pick up the Central Park Five when they released? I want to know that. If you're so, if you, because so, because because this is because this is my issue. This is another one of my issues with it, um, and this speaks more, more towards there's there's another. This is another example of a of a reason for for prison, um, for for justice, uh, criminal justice reform. Anytime there are allegations made, there has to be a thorough and proper investigation. And all these cases that I just named, um, and in, even all the cases that come about where women make allegations, you know, make allegations and have been seriously abused, but the man has gotten off, in most cases you can look through all those cases and even find, either find that there was not a thorough investigation or something was improperly done. So when a woman makes this allegation or, or, or a victim, makes an allegation, and they let the man go. More times than not, when I've heard and read some of these stories, when everything was gone back over and they looked over evidence, there was clear-cut evidence or something was done improperly that showed that this woman was, in fact, telling the truth. But because 
our criminal justice system, our police officers didn't feel like doing a thorough job and and properly investigating the situation. They made a woman feel even more victimized and let a perpetrator go, let him walk free to 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 victimize even more women. In the case of the two gentlemen who were released after 26 years uh, of prison time when they, in fact, did not rape the woman, when they talked about, when I, the article I read, when they talked about um, the case that, you know, that was played against him, there wasn't even any physical evidence. There was, there, there was, there was uh, all type of loopholes loopholes in the investigation that shows that, once again, there was not a proper or thorough investigation that was had. If a proper and thorough investigation was conducted, these two men may have, you know, surely may have not have actually done any prison time. And so, and so what you, what, what you see here is you, you, it, it, it's twofold. By not doing a proper investigation, we're creating victims of women who are actually were victimized and sexually assaulted. And we are, we are creating victims of men who are innocent, but the victim of false allegations from a woman who has a bone to pick with them, who is angry with them, or or just doesn't doesn't have, you know, everything together. Or maybe it's, it has nothing to do with the woman at all. Maybe it is an overzealous prosecutor or a police officer who has very dubious intentions um, and a shady agenda. And that's just not okay. It's, it's not okay. It's a miscarriage. It's a serious miscarriage of justice that goes that goes that can go both ways. And and I really think that it has to be addressed. Um, how many times have I've actually seen a few uh, situations where on the news where men, especially black men, were accused of something that they did not do, or accused of some type of sexual assault uh, or physical abuse of a woman, and especially if they're an athlete or somebody prominent. The media does a great job of spending days, weeks, half an hour, a few hours on digging up any type of dirt they can on this gentleman, um, releasing any details that they can about the investigation, about the situation, while they protect the identity of, of, of the woman who was the victim, which is fair. I think that that is okay. But then what do we see happen when we find out or if we find out that that man is exonerated, um, properly exonerated, and did not, in fact, commit any crimes, um, did not assault anybody? You barely hear a peep from the media. You might hear 30 seconds, five minutes. Oh, by the way, such and such, it was discovered is no longer a person of interest. And they're going about their business. Meanwhile, that 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 person has already been publicly indicted. <laughs> you know, they've already been publicly indicted. Their name has been out there attached to a heinous crime. It may or may not have cost them their job, their livelihood. Everybody's looking at them sideways. 
And we we know how the public is. We love to take bad news or garbage that we hear and run with it. But when the truth comes about, which is much less salacious, we don't do the same amount or put the same amount of effort in running or spreading that information. Um, now, I realize that a lot of that has to do with um, has to do with journalistic integrity. Um, but I think as we've seen over the past year and a half, two years, um, our media and a lot of journalists don't display much integrity. And a lot of them are only offer ratings. Um, what looks and sounds good for them to get their viewership up or their readership up to sell papers or make more profit off of endorsements, ads, um, TV time. In a perfect world, in a perfect world, it wouldn't be necessary, but I would like, I would actually would think that uh, maybe a law should be put into place, especially when it comes to, you know, something heinous like sexual assault or physical abuse of a woman, that until you know the the investigation is 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 completed um and they know one way or the other that neither the victim's identity nor the alleged perpetrator's identity should be revealed at all i don't care even if charges are filed until it's proven that the act was committed Nobody's identity should be divulged to the media. Because as I said before, history has shown that that it's like people can't be trusted with the information. People's lives are destroyed from that. And then after, you know, the media and everybody else has had their way and destroyed people's lives, nobody is left there to help them clean it up. Nobody's, you know, out there left to help them pick up the pieces and move on with their life. I don't care what anybody says. It's not okay to try men in the in the media through public opinion. Just as okay, is it's not okay? Just as it's not okay to reveal the names of victims to protect them in the case. It's not okay. And as I said, this this is just an, yet another thing that points to the need of for criminal justice reform, and maybe some more laws. Like I said, need to be put in place um, for the media. I'm all for free press. I believe in a free press, but free press with integrity. We need to protect everybody, not just some people. So, I mean, in in the in the era of the Me Too movement, like I said, I know some people might not agree with it. Some people would be upset with it. But I in in no shape or form, no way, shape or form think that because somebody comes up with an allegation that you should just believe them. I'm sorry, but I don't. I don't. I believe you should take it serious. I believe if a, if a woman comes to you with a complaint about a man that he has physically or sexually abused her, you should take her very serious. You should do, like I said, you should do a very proper and thorough investigation of the case. 
But at no point should you just take her word and run run with it. Because there's just been way too many cases of men being falsely accused and doing time. Way too many cases. And like I said, if you if you in fact have a problem with what I said, then think about Emmett Till's mom. Think about the life of Brian Banks, who bred prison time being falsely accused of rape because thorough investigations were in fact not done. Think about the Central Park Five because of a garbage investigation. Overzealous police officers basically forcing you know false confessions out of youth. Think about you know even Reuben Foster, like I said, who now it comes out that there's you know tape or video evidence that the woman falsely accused him because in her words she wanted to ruin his career. Think about the two gentlemen who just did 26 years in prison for a false accusation. Accusations and allegations are just that. Accusations and allegations. They should be taken seriously. But at no point should they be proven, should they be taken as fact until proven so. Because we risk creating more victims. And as I said before, there are not too many people I see lining up to help repair the lives of men who have done time for crimes that they did not commit. So with that being said, I'm going to get off that that heavy topic. Um, And I'm going to move on to something actually a little bit more light, a little bit more fun, and um, talk about... uh, you know, a couple TV shows, a series that I really think are pretty awesome uh, series. Something for, you know, people who are, may not have much time to watch television. Like, I don't I don't have a ton of time to watch television. But when I do, I want to watch something good. I don't want to see any reality TV. I don't want to see any smut garbage. I don't want to see um, some of this regurgitated um dancing with the stars american idol voice type stuff i want to see something that you know that i can learn something from and that appeals to my interests um and with that being said um all the shows that i'm going to name you can either find them um you can either find them on netflix or hulu um, or cable television. Um, so the first show, that actually, that I wanted to highlight, um, for anybody interested in traveling and seeing the world but does not have the money to do so, but you're interested in seeing other cultures, seeing how people live in other parts of the world, Anthony Bourdain, Parts Unknown. I think that that is an amazing series. Um, it comes on CNN on Sunday nights at, I believe, 8 p.m. And and essentially what it revolves around is, uh, uh, is the host, Anthony Bourdain, who is a former uh, chef or cook, and Mr. Bourdain travels across the world. Um, he spends about a week 
in different countries or different cities, kind of talking about the culture there and the cuisine. Um, I always see them eating some amazing food. Um, so if you're a foodie, it's it's definitely a show that you want to check out. And I'm certain it's a show that a lot of people out there have probably already seen. Um, but Mr. Bourdain travels the world, like I said before. And he, he really tries to unpack um, these different cultures by not just, you know, at, at a high level, uh, touching, you know, kind of not just scratching the surface or looking at it on a high level, but really digging down into the intricacies of some of these cultures. Like, for instance, I remember at one point he visited Palestine, he, you know, had dinner um, with a Palestinian family and talked about the relations between them and Israel um, and then vice versa. You know, had dinner with uh, some some Israeli citizens, um, Turkey, uh, different parts of Brazil. Talks about the economic uh, structure of these countries. Um, gets people's personal opinions um, and perceptions about life in that country. Um, how they got to where you know some of them are prominent figures in their country. Some of them are just normal everyday people with regular you know jobs. Um, Talks about, you know, their origins, how they got to the point they are in life, their hopes, their dreams, where they want to see uh, or where they see themselves or their family in the future. And he really brings a human element to it. He really humanizes different people um, and different cultures. And I, I actually think it's something that if you're somebody who's not well-traveled and does not, in fact, know very many people of a different race or different culture, or you live in a very homogenized community, um, it's a show you should really check out because it really brings a lot of... um, It really brings to life different people that you would encounter on an everyday basis. Um, So that's one show that I think is amazing, uh, Anthony Bourdain Parts Unknown. Another series of shows that I think think are impeccable uh, is a, do- a set of documentaries on Netflix called Chef Table. So Chef Table is essentially a set of documentaries that highlight the skill set um, the light and the life stories of world-renowned chefs um, from all over the globe. Um, each episode is dedicated to a different chef, different chef who may have won Michelin stars for their form of cuisine, um, talks about their origins, how they began cooking, um, maybe where they were trained, um, their motivation, their inspiration behind certain dishes, maybe what their most famous dishes are, where their restaurants are. It's a and um, something that is actually pretty cool about it that I don't know. It's just something that I really like. The music on it's really awesome. Um, it's a really and a, an awe-inspiring and captivating uh, soundtrack to each episode that really kind of gets you um, into the mood, and I feel like really um, captures the captures the essence of each chef and the dishes that they prepare. Um, so, if you are once again, if you're a foodie. Um, and you're looking for something to watch, and you're somebody who loves documentaries, Chef's Table on Netflix is an awesome, 
uh, documentary series that you'd want to take advantage of and really um, watch. There are four seasons, I think, of that right now. I think the latest season that just came out is actually on uh, chefs that create desserts, actually. Um, and as somebody with a sweet tooth, I, you know, I'm definitely paying attention or into that. Oh, and, and as far as Anthony Bourdain Parts Unknown, as I said before, you can find that on Netflix, but also it comes on CNN every Sunday. And they're upwards of, I think there are like nine or ten seasons of that. So if you've never watched it, there's a, definitely a, a a full stable of shows for you to catch up on and uh, watch in your spare time next few weekends or while you're cleaning house, whatever be the case. Uh, another show that I really enjoy actually comes on regular TV. I think it's ABC, and but I'm never really around to watch it and never really have time to watch it. So I will actually watch it on a Hulu every now and then um, while I'm working. You know, at you know, I'm saying at my desk um, is Marvel Agents of Shield. So for any comic book fans out there, um, obviously Shield. Um, world organization built on protecting uh world and order the, you know the, the the planet against villains evil forces so on and so forth you you get what it is alien forces yada 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 um and the one of the main uh protagonists in it is phil colson um who is actually like a sidekick to nick fury if any of you guys have watched the avengers movies um I think he plays an awesome role in there. And the core group of recruits that he's brought on are um, compadres, partners, sidekicks, whatever you want to call them. Uh, It's actually a great cast. Um, I don't remember all their real-life names or whatnot, but um, they got a lot of great chemistry and they work well together. Um, All the plot lines are awesome. Um... Every show that I've watched, the reason I think it's an awesome show, and I, I think the great sign of uh, a good show, sitcom, whatever, is when you watch an, an episode, um, but you can't wait to see what the next one is because the story just keeps there keeps being extra twists and turns to the end of every episode, and so you're you're left with a cliffhanger, you know. Every every moment of uh, of 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 each episode, every conclusion of each episode, and you can easily find yourself saying, "All right, I'm just going to watch one more show." All right, I'm just going to watch one more show, and before you know it, you've watched six or seven, and it might be two o'clock in the morning, and it's been past time to go to bed, and so that you can get up for work the next morning. And it's one of those shows where you could easily, easily binge watch it and um and you'd and you'd and you just you'd just be in love with it. Uh another show that I wanna highlight is United Shades of America by W. Kamau Bell. This is a show that also comes on CNN. Matter of fact it comes on right after uh, Anthony Bourdain Parts Unknown. Uh W. Kamau Bell, uh some of you might know him as a comedian. Uh pretty funny guy. Um, but what I like about his show is, even though he doesn't travel the world like Anthony Bourdain, and his show isn't centered around food, it's centered around different cultures, different cities, and different lifestyles. And so it, too, uh, gives depth and context 
to different religions and cultures across the United States. Um, and, and it lives up to its name, United Shades. And what it, what it seeks to do is give you, like I said, give you some context and give you some insight into uh, different cultures and different races and different groups of people that make up America. America is, despite what uh, some people might think, some, despite what some of our conservative uh, uh, friends might want to believe, and far right, you know, people might want to believe America does not belong to one race. It is not, you know, it's not a homogenous nation. It is what, you know, what made America is the fact that it is made up of many different types of people, many different cultures, uh, many different ways of thinking. And that is what he does. I mean, listen, he and he doesn't discriminate. In the first season, he even, one episode, he even spent days with the KKK. He interviewed KKK members, far-right leaders, um, in a very non-confrontational way, just trying to gain an understanding of why they think the things that they think, how they came to think that way. And he even try he approaches it, you know, in a non-judgmental, open mind. And I think as much as, like I said, as much as I don't like how that particular group of people thinks. Um, I think it's awesome that he was willing to put himself on the line and interview uh, people like that to show that he is coming from an open mind. And for, for those of us who who don't think that way, to give us some insight into how the other half thinks. I think that that is important. Um, whether I believe that they're right or wrong, I do like to gain knowledge about how and why they think the way they do because even though I don't seek to I don't think any of many of them would change their minds or necessarily nor necessarily am I looking to change their minds the, if I can understand how they think that that will best prepare me to to know how to coexist in the same environment with somebody like that and that's very important you may not always get along well, we until you know people you know are wealthy enough or have their individual spaceships and can fly off the planet and and, and live on a colony somewhere else. We have to coexist. We have to learn how to share this globe together. We just you know we have to learn how to share the planet together. It's just how it goes. And so, uh, United Shades of America, for anybody out there interested in that type of thing. Um, it's a it's an interesting social experiment what he does, uh, and I think there hasn't been one episode that I have not enjoyed, and I think it's superb. Um, and last but not least, one of the last shows that I'm actually going to highlight um, is for the sports fan out there. Hey, ESPN Thirty for Thirty, got them on Blu-ray. Comes on the ESPN. Um, Thirty for Thirty is a series of uh, mini documentaries. Um, they have ESPN Thirty for Thirty shorts, which is like thirty-minute documentaries, and then they have the regular Thirty for Thirty episodes that could be anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours long. But what they do is different uh, directors or writers. What they do um, is they do a documentary on. A sports topic, a team, an era, a game, 
an issue that is near and dear to them um, based on how they grew up or what got them in sports. Like, for instance, my favorite, my two of my, my three favorite episodes, um, my number one favorite episode was Run, Ricky, Run. It was an episode that was dedicated to Ricky Williams, one of my favorite football players of all time. And it was just it documented his life, like his it, you know his growth, his his rise to being the Heisman Trophy football player, running back that he was at University of Texas, to being drafted by the Saints, his trials and tribulations dealing with you know anxiety disorders with the New Orleans Saints, um, then to his you know retirement, his issues with failing drug tests, you know coming out of retirement, playing for the Dolphins, and then his life after football, how he sort of remade himself and really found his happiness outside of football, and that. He was able to find happiness, um, knowing that he that 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 he did not have to be what everybody wanted him to be, and that he was not that football does not define him. Um, I thought it was a, I thought it was a pretty dope episode, um, and it got to be probably my number one favorite. Um, number two favorite for me was the U. Uh, everybody knows me knows I'm a big Hurricane fan. Um, First and foremost, you know, I always support Concordia University, my alma mater, where I played football and ran track. Uh, University of Kentucky, where I, uh, you know, where a lot of my family is, is, um, and actually uh, the state where I was born. And the University of Miami, you know, the, the, the original U. There are other universities and colleges out there that refer to themselves as the U, but University of Miami is the, the original U. And it just talks about how they gained that identity, their glory days. Um, and then part two, the U2, talks about how, you know, after, uh, you know, a downtime there, how they kind of came through a resurgence with Butch Davis. And then the fall of that dynasty as well, you know, and, you know, Coach Larry Coker's final, final years at the University of Miami. So, I mean, they've got plenty of documentaries out there. They got them on. O.J. Simpson. Um uh, what's his name? Bartman, the dude who supposedly, you know, ruined the Cubs World Series years ago, which, in fact, I didn't think he ruined it for him at all. He shouldn't know, you know, taking the ball from, was it Moises Alou? But um, Cubs had many games and went after that and chose not, you know, didn't didn't do what they needed to do. But, you know, uh, I know their fans are over that now. They finally got that World Series title, so the curse is over for them. But, um, yeah, just documentaries on all sorts of different uh, sports eras, teams, and iconic figures, um, and and narrated by any and everybody. Um, some well-known names, movie stars, music stars, athletes, and some unknown people. But it's an interesting collection of documentaries that ESPN has put together. Uh, essentially anybody from any sport um, and for any sports fan casual sports fan or maybe even somebody who is not really huge in the sports but looking to um, learn something about an era or a sport or a particular athlete that isn't really sports heavy but more um, a little bit more of a drama Um, like I said more of a documentary 
um, so that you don't have to be very knowledgeable of the sport to understand what's going on. I think it's a good uh, series of documentaries for you to invest in and just give a chance, give it a sh- give it a shot, check it out. Um, so yeah, so that is that's all I got for you guys today. Um, I know I talked about, like I said before, I know I probably talked about some things that might have angered some folks. Uh, and if you are pissed, cool, fine. Um, I get it. I understand. Um, but before you get mad, like I say, um, are you just as mad as the men who were uh, did 26 years for something they didn't do? Need to think about that. Um, if Once again, if you have any questions, comments about anything that I have talked about on this episode or any of my podcast episodes. Um, if you got some critiques, any things that you think that I can do to improve on this podcast, please leave me a message or send me a, uh, send me an email to chilltimepod at gmail.com. And I would love to address that and get back to you on that. Other than that, thanks for chilling out with me. And I'll holler at y'all later. The man who turns masses in the attics like opium. The fish bone break bearer taking all hope from him. Trying to rise higher than deep fryers and sodium. I'm tired like weak thighs standing at his podium. I'm winning on the road. Took dice and I loaded them. Now the self-loathed loner is overthrowing them. About to run them over like I poured soda to the brim. Got a high motor. I know I'm the crim. They look crim. Went on the women. Now women want in me yankers. When I be writing these rhymes, they be filling the door with bin. Like it's pain in an organ. I'm growing like pain in an orphan. Like the rangers got power when I'm morphing. I leave them all morning. From night to the morning, I be up like an on while they throwing shade, I be on it. So keep talking, you're never gonna stop me. Like I got pants, bitchy, too damn cocky. Of course they try to block me, but it be like they 5'3. They physically incapable to tame a kid with my lead. They try and sleep, huh. I'm making noises. The beast of the east and the voice of the voiceless. Learn to keep boys around all of the poison. And now I'm making an imprint like embroidering. They wanna build and really be destroying. I can't feel them, so I've been avoiding. My plan sealed in. They Never spoiling, I've been cooking up hot like the pot boiling. Uh. My mind heavy, your mind is confetti light. You very tight, and bitch, she's spotting like it's sell you light, sell you light. On these CD, EPs in the mic, tell them hike. Like a center, the quarterback from the spike. I'm hella nice, and they come from me thinking like lonely nights. My only fight is with the mind and the silence is over hype. Only like what my heart do is show tenfold in my art too. That's why I move as sharp as a harpoon, like a dark moon. Bitch, in tuning, getting stiller, been killer. My pill is realer, it's my shot, I'm feeling Reggie Miller. It's knocked down for three, that's the game, Silla. Got the touch, you out of luck. I'm seeing through your new concealer Bill, I'm the healer But uneasy as I leave the villa Usually my confidence is obvious And I'm the killer A whole iller package Passive but packing it They say that he average I'm laughing, I'm not jacking it Doing magic, you moving savage Can't interact with bitch Got you casting drift These cats whack and living myths